Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Advocate Web Series, where we look to deepen knowledge of the law and its applicability to various sectors of the Nigerian economy. My name is Uchechi Ibeko, and in this episode I'll be discussing key causes in the power purchase agreement utilized in the electricity sector. I'll start the discussion today by defining a PPA as well as describing its usefulness. A PPA is typically a long-term contract under which one party, a buyer, agrees to purchase electricity directly from another party that generates the electricity, which is the seller. PPAs provide certainty both in terms of the electricity required by the buyer and finance for the seller for the electricity generated and sold. Now, a PPA may be used either when the contracted electricity is to be sent to the national grid or between private entities. In Nigeria today, power sent to the grid is purchased by the Nigerian Bulk Electricity Trading PLC, MBET, using a PPA and sold to the franchise distribution companies, the discos, using a vesting contract. Given the nature and size of power plants utilized in, the, in generating electricity, they are usually very expensive to construct and oftentimes they require funding from external financial institutions. The structure and allocation of risks in the PPA helps the financial institutions to determine if they will be willing to finance such a project. It is therefore important that the courses in the PPA are properly negotiated. So now we're going to discuss some key courses in the PPA as well as their significance. We'll start with sale and purchase of energy. This sale and purchase of energy is the crux of a PPA and deals with the agreed quantity of electricity to be sold and purchased, the price and the likes. The seller agrees to sell and the buyer agrees to purchase an agreed quantity of electricity in each given year for the lifespan of the PPA, typically between 10 to 15 years. Sometimes the duration of a PPA can be longer in accordance with the PPA. Dates and delivery term is what we're going to discuss next. As we stated earlier, PPAs are usually long-term contracts, generally with a minimum duration of 10 years. The PPA of generating companies called the Nemjenkos operating in Nigeria in the Nigerian electricity supply industry is 25 years on the average. The delivery term will typically have a commencement date when the electricity is to be delivered to the point of transfer and the end date of the PPA will typically coincide with the term of the license or permit granted by the government to the seller. And this obviously can be amended subject to mutual agreement between the parties and renewal of the authorization which may be license or permit. What you should note is that a PPA will usually contain several dates, including a signature date, which is the date the PPA is executed by the parties. Um, it may contain an effective date, which is when conditions precedents have all been fulfilled or waived. It may contain a commencement date, when all the necessary commissioning and testing of the facilities have been completed. It will also contain a commercial operation date, which is when the first delivery of electricity takes place. The signature date acts as a basis for both parties to undertake fulfilling of their conditions precedents or waive them, complete negotiations with lenders to the power project, contract with EPC contractors, perfect title to land where the power plant is to be situated, commission the plants, and etc. What you may wonder is whether the PPA is effective upon the signature date or if any party can choose to work away after the signature date but before the effective date. The PPA becomes live upon execution by the parties. In fact, several clauses in the PPA such as representations and warranties and um, dispute resolution 
they generally become effective upon signature. Thus, parties' obligations commence upon execution. It's important to state that no matter the state of the PPA, like with every other agreement, an unwilling party cannot be coerced to remain in an agreement and may terminate the agreement at any time, subject to determination provisions and resulting liabilities and or obligations for so doing. Next, we talk about conditions precedence and the long stop date. The power sector is an extremely regulated and specialized sector, and as such, for a power generating project, certain things must be put in place. But some of these things may not necessarily be done until the PPA has been executed. These include obtaining relevant regulatory approvals such as licenses or permits, environmental impact assessment, certificates, guaranteed fuel supply if not to be provided by the seller, requisite insurance, procurement of board approvals and of extreme importance to the seller and the lender to the project putting in place a payment security for electricity to be supplied. The PPO will provide a date where the CPs must either be met or waived by the parties, failing which the project may be terminated. You may have noticed that we mentioned payment security just now, um, and this is an extremely important clause for both the seller and the buyer. For the seller, it represents security of income and ensures that the project will generate revenue for the electricity delivered during the term of the PPA. This revenue obviously will be used to repay the lenders for the loans advanced for the project. The PPA needs to be very clear about the form of payment security, which institution is to provide the security, when it can be called, when it must be replenished, amongst other things. A form of payment security will typically be in place throughout the term of the PPA and where it is drawn upon the seller upon by the seller at any time, it must be replenished to the agreed threshold between a specific a specified time frame. The payment security is important to the buyer and must be drafted in such a way to avoid frivolous drawdowns by the seller, as this may impact his relationship with the lenders and also impact the cost of replenishing the security. Next, we'll discuss take-up pay. For a power project to be bankable and receive lender support, the seller must be assured of a minimum payment for the electricity contracted for by the buyer, whether or not the buyer is able to receive the electricity. In essence, this means that irrespective of each, if the electricity made available by the seller is not taken by the buyer, the buyer must still pay an agreed amount to the seller for making the electricity available. This provision ensures that there is revenue accruing to the project for the life of the project and the lenders are assured of repayment of their loan. The buyer on its part will want to ensure that the threshold of the take-up pay is not so high as well as ensure that its living facilities are able to receive electricity once tight to passes at the bus bars. It is important to know that unlike what obtains in a gas sales agreement where there are provisions for make-up and shortfall gas, electricity that fails to be delivered on that take-up pay cannot be, cannot be utilized at a later date as electricity, once generated, must be utilized because it cannot be stored. Invoicing and payments. The PPA will provide for the tariff to be paid in exchange for delivery of electricity and its calculations, which will include cost of fuel, the cost of kilowatt per hour. The seller will usually send an invoice monthly, which will be settled by the buyer within the time frame stipulated. If the buyer is unable to settle the invoices over a period of time, 
the buyer payment security may be called in and the buyer will be expected to replenish the PPS. In the event of a dispute as to the amount to be paid, it is not um, unusual that the disputed amount will be paid and the disputed amount settled under a disresolution provisions of the PPA. Note, however, that the payments not made when due will typically attract interest, but such clause must be carefully drafted so as not to appear as a penalty. Something else to discuss in this segment is the issue of capacity payment. Now, the um, payment under a PPA is usually structured in two ways, um, representing the fixed and variable cost. So the fixed, the fixed cost is the capacity payment, which is the amount you pay based on the fact that the electricity generating set is available and ready to you know, generate electricity, whilst the energy charge would now be what um, you pay based on the energy that is you know, transferred or received by the seller. Again, in talking about invoicing and payment and talking about the, um, the buyer payment security, the buyer will want to ensure that he has as much latitude as possible before you start imposing interest or drawdowns on the um, buyer payment security. Another important aspect is the tariff provision, which will contain language such as the revision of um, tariffs taken into consideration, inflation, fuel prices, fluctuation, foreign exchanges, fluctuations. It is important when drafting this invoicing and payment clause to take into cognizance several existing regulations of tariff. As some of these tariffs are fixed and can be only be amended subject to regulatory consent. Next, we'll discuss availability events, which is an event that restricts the seller from generating the contracting, the contracted electricity or undersupplying the contracted electricity due to no fault of the seller. This is distinct from a force majeure or scheduled and unscheduled maintenance. Events that may permit the seller to declare availability events include failure of the buyer to meet its obligations under the PPA, order of a regulatory authority prohibiting the sale of electricity, and the likes. An availability event clause usually has an availability of fuel as a qualifying event, usually where the fuel supply is within the purview of the buyer. In the event of an availability event, the buyer should be obligated to continue to pay for the agreed take or pay quantity. Next, we talk about the delivery points, title, and passage of risks. The delivery point is the point where the seller transfers title and the buyer takes possession of the electricity and risks. Generally, title and risks in the electricity in the PPA remains with the seller until the, from the point of generation until it's passed to the buyer and the buyer receives the end of the bus bars. Next, we'll talk about scheduled and unscheduled maintenance as we have already um, mentioned above. A power plant cannot run at 100% throughout the delivery term. Scheduled maintenance is planned yearly or more frequently and necessary allowance is made for this in the PPA. During the scheduled maintenance, the seller is not obligated to supply electricity, but the seller will be obligated to agree with the buyer early in the year to ensure the buyer make necessary preparations for alternative supply of electricity during the period of maintenance. And unscheduled maintenance, as the name suggests, is where the plant develops a fault needs to be maintained or repaired before the next scheduled maintenance or the plant has to be shut down due to an emergency. The seller 
except in cases of emergency, is to give the buyer notice of his intention to carry out unscheduled maintenance. Payment for not supply of contracted volume during an unscheduled maintenance. It may be that the parties will agree to permitted interruptions, but such interruptions will need to be clearly defined and agreed by the parties. Next, we discuss termination. As mentioned several times, a PPA is a long-term project, usually above 10 years. However, either party may terminate where the other party becomes insolvent, a party is in consistent breach of the PPA. For the buyer, this would include failure to pay over a given period or replenish the PPS, failure to make receiving facilities available. For the seller, it will include factors such as failure to supply over a specified period or in the event that a force majeure has persisted over a um, period that will be stated in the PPA. Including the amount of investment that goes into constructing a power plant and operating it, the PPA will contain cure periods aimed at re- remedying default where possible by each party or by any party. Determination will only occur if the defaults of the, of the defaulting party cannot be cured during such cure period. A party whose default has led to termination of the PPA may be held liable under the agreement for termination payment. The termination payment quickly calculates the unamortized investments and where the default is the buyer plus an uplift representing the unfulfilled investment expectations. Other important clauses include the dispute resolution clause. Parties will need to decide if services of an independent expert will be employed to resolve technical or payment disputes. The mode of dispute resolution, whether it's going to be arbitration or litigation or a tiered approach where it begins with negotiation and cascades into either a court case or is referred to arbitration. It may also include the period for resolution of the disputes, but it is important in drafting the clause that until termination, operations must continue despite and during any dispute resolution. Governing law. It is advisable to be Nigeria, especially where the project is to be located in Nigeria. It may be that the financing agreements are governed by other laws, given that some lenders may be international banks. Representations are warranties, and when necessary, this should be continuing to cover a party during the term of the PPA. Insurance. Parties should take out adequate insurance, both statutory and industry recommended. Metering. There will be main meters and check meters. The main meter will be within the control of the seller, while the check meters will, serve, will be in, under the control of the buyer and serve a confirmatory purpose in the event of a dispute or to provide clarity. First measure suspends all obligations under the PPA, save the payment obligation of the buyer. This should be negotiated by the buyer to prevent a situation where the seller cannot fulfill his obligations because of his own inefficiencies. The clauses discussed so far do not by any means represent all the provisions or clauses in the PPA, but they are key in ensuring that the PPA is bankable so as to ensure the seller attracts the necessary financiers to finance the project, as well as ensure the buyer gets the electricity supply he is paying for as due. We have come to the end of this episode. On behalf of Advocate Law Practice, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you will listen in again to our future episodes. Do look out for previous podcast episodes on our LinkedIn at Advocate Law Practice and on Anchor, Spotify or on our website www.advocatelaw.com.
Thank you.